All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Better late than never. Welcome. It's Fucking Anton Lander. Oh, oh Anton Lander. Bag milk. Yes, sir. This is Ceases. Hello. Ceases. 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 Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Ceases. Fucking Anton Lander. It's Wait a minute. Who are you? I'm Bag Milk. A better late than never. This is so fucking sexy. Welcome, everybody. Better late than ever. Episode 12. Bag Milk here. I've got a busy, busy podcast for you. So we're not going to waste any time other than to say, hey, Arcadia Brewing, title sponsor of the podcast. I love you. I've got a whistling pig right beside me, as I do for every recording. I'm going to drink at least one of these during the show. I recommend that you go check them out if you are of legal drinking age. Check out all of their wares at ArcadiaYeg.com, Arcadia Brew Co. if you're on Twitter, Arcadia Brewing Co. if you're on Instagram. I recommend following them everywhere. Check out what they got going on. Go visit them. Have a pint. Check out the spot. It's a cool little spot, and I recommend you go to it. I remember again. I really recommend that you check out Whistling Pig. This beer, I could drink nine thousand of them. I don't think that's probably a good thing to say, but you know what? Makes me healthier. At least that's what I've convinced myself. Shout out to Arcadia Brewing Co. for joining again as the title sponsor of the podcast before I even played 
a, or before I even recorded a single episode. And for that, I say thank you. Yeah! That's for Arcadia. And as I said, I've got a very, very busy podcast to get to. Lots of news, lots of voicemails to get through. So, let's kick it off with the news. Welcome to the news. Bag Milk reporting live from West Edmonton. March 16th, 4 o'clock p.m. Oilers are rolling. Three-game win streak. Lots to talk about. Lots and lots to talk about, so we're going to get to it. And as always, the news. One of my favorite things to do on this podcast. I pulled some clips for you. I got some news du jour. We're going to run through it all. If you want to sponsor the news, if you're a business, you're listening to this, you're like, I'd like to be involved in what Bag Milk's selling. Well, hit me up, bagmilk.com. But until then... Let's get to it. First thing that I want to bring up is Josh Archibald. He made his return to the Oilers lineup this week after missing the first 58 games of the season. Played just over six minutes against Tampa, just over seven minutes against Detroit. Some people, a lot of people were wondering what was going to go on with Josh Archibald. He was recovering from myocarditis all year. Just made his way back this week. Before he played against Tampa, though... Here's what Jay Woodcroft had to say about Archibald. First of all, Arch is a valued member of our team. His teammates have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And, and in the end, um, you're listing uh, the things that might be challenges. But uh, as I said earlier, I think he's going to help us um, move the needle as a team here and help propel us as we uh, head down the stretch run. And, and uh, anytime you can add a player of his experience level and his skill set, I think it makes you a better team. So we're excited to have him, excited to see him uh, and what he can bring to the table tonight. Well, what he brought to the table was a little bit of feistiness. All kinds of wheels. You know what Josh Archibald does. He's been around for a minute. Obviously, he's a guy you miss in the lineup. The way he plays? Come on. But the tricky part with him is still unvaccinated, cannot cross into the U.S. So he can only play Canadian teams. As an example, the Oilers play the Flames coming up again next week. Josh Archibald, will ha- or yeah, that's on March 26th. By the way, if you want to come with us to Calgary for the March 26th Battle of Alberta, BacksideTours.com. Join the Nation Vacation. That bus trip is nearly sold out. If you want to join us, please do. It's going to be a great time. Come party with me. Got all kinds of energy to burn. I feel like I haven't partied in forever, you know? And I'm excited to get back out there, and I'd love you to join me. So again, BacksideTours.com. So looking at Josh Archibald's first two games, he does exactly what Josh Archibald does. Feisty, kills penalties, he's got wheels, he'll hit. Gets greasy. All those things you like. But is it enough to keep him with the Oilers beyond the trade deadline when you consider that? If, let's say as an example, the Oilers play a U.S. team in the first round, then what do you do? You play Colton Sevier on the away games? (laughs) Josh Archibald in the home games? Tyler Uremchuk on Friday says his bet would be to play Archibald a little bit and then see what you can get for him at the deadline. Deadline's coming up on Monday. 
We will have a lot of coverage going up on dailyfaceoff.com. Frank Saravalli, Tyler, the rest of the DFO crew, they'll be live for three and a half hours on deadline day. So check them out at Daily Faceoff. It'll be interesting to see. What do you do? What do you do with Jock Archibald? Because as a player, you like it. As a guy who on your roster, who can only play, you know, less than all of the games, not ideal. What do you think? Hit me up, JSBM Bag Milk on Twitter, Harmon Bag Milk on Instagram. Looking at the schedule that just was, last week we recorded on Thursday. Today is Wednesday. The Oilers had that big win against the Caps. They followed it up with a huge win against the Tampa Bay Lightning. From wide money, from where I blog, from my side of the TV screen, that was arguably one of the best games the Oilers have played all year against Tampa on Saturday. Right? They looked so, so good against Tampa, and I just, I don't know what else you can say about it, right? That game was so much fun to take the defending champs and make them look normal. Incredible, right? Not only that, Connor McDavid scored another ridiculous goal that only he can do. That one, it came against Victor Hedman. That one was one of the best NHL defensemen in the league. Connor made him look like an amateur. When asked about beating Hedman like that post game, I loved Connor's answer. The message here seems to be you don't care who the defenseman is, you're prepared to attack anyone with your speed. Is that fair? That's fair. You know, I'm a pretty good player too, so you know I feel feel alright taking good players <laughs> on and and, uh, and trying to make a play. I'm a pretty good player too. Yeah, you are, Connor. You really are. You really, really are. And that's what we love about you. I love that goal. I love the way you're starting to pick it up again in the last half of the season, just like you've done every year since you've been in the league. Watch out, NHL defenseman, because this guy is going to make you look stupid. Another guy that's making a lot of us look stupid, I mean, maybe outside of last night against Detroit, is Miko Koskinen. Over his last 13 games, our guy, rock solid. Rock solid. Under Tippett, he had about a 900 save percentage. Under Woodcroft, he's at a 924. The guy has just moved up in the Oilers' all-times wins list. He is now at 7th. Nico Koskinen all of a sudden has created a little bit of a conversation around his future. What do you do with Nico? I don't think you bring him back at the current term that he's at. I wouldn't. But would you consider him as a backup option for next year? Let's say I'm just throwing out numbers here. I'm just guessing. I don't know shit about anything. What if he gave him 1.5 or, say, 1.75, less than 2? What if he did that? Would you resign him as your backup? You got to go find a goalie, though. You got to go find a starter. I don't know if I'd necessarily trust Miko and Skinner as your tandem. Mike Smith, in my opinion, got to go. We'll get to that. But what do you do? What do you do? Hit me up again. I want to know on social media. We'll talk about it on next week's podcast. However, in the interim... Nico was asked about what's working for him, and if those rumors, those stories, those suggestions that he can't be overplayed are true, Koskinen gave a classic answer to the media. I don't know if it's a, a question. Is that if you play a whole bunch of games, the fatigue sets in? Is that something that people are reading into that isn't necessarily the case, or something that has to be proven? Uh, I think that's something. What do you guys pretty much made up? 
and I'm not I'm not gonna buy that. I'm uh I'm gonna <laughs> do my thing and uh go one day at the one one day at the time and uh I'm not worried about that. Nico just out here standing here answering these questions and as soon as the words leave the lips of the reporters, he's just sitting there like What are you getting at? What are you getting at here? Again, that was before last night's Detroit game where arguably if you if you believe that Nico can't be overplayed, last night's game maybe was maybe was a little bit of proof in the pudding for you. Still got the win. Ultimately that's what matters most, right? Oilers got the win. They beat a team they needed to. It wasn't pretty, but you take the two points. Oilers started out 4-1 the first period. Things are looking good. They're rolling, baby. You're like, man, 4-1 the first. This thing's going to end 15-3 by the time it's all said and done. Well, Detroit came back, tied at 5-5 in the third period. Oilers ended up winning 7-5. Hey, it wasn't all that pretty, but you take the points. What did Jay Woodcroft have to say about it? Well, your boy Bagmilk's got the clip. I was talking with Brad Lauer this morning. I had the coffee with him and his staff in his room, and he, he used a great line, and he said, you know, they're, the wins are pieces of art, but you don't always hang uh, every pitcher in the living room. Sometimes you hang them in the basement. And I thought it was a really smart way of putting it. And that uh, Brad's a really funny guy, and you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that one because I think it uh, adequately describes tonight's game. I think that it was a wild game. It was, to call that a Picasso or not a Picasso, you know what last night's game was? Last night's game was a stickman, but you drew it with your best crayons. Because ultimately you got the win. Ultimately you got what you needed. You got the two points against Detroit, extended their losing streak, extended your win streak. But, let's be honest, my friends, it wasn't very pretty, was it? Nope. Nope. Oilers were leaning 4-1 after the first period. 4-2 after the second period. Our boy Sam Gagne, he got a goal. Big goal. Going into the third. Oilers up by two goals. Everything's looking good, right? Then what happened? Red Wings score a pair within the first three minutes of the period. All of a sudden, the stress rises. Again, ultimately... Well, there's one, so we don't have to draw on, or we don't have to dwell on it. We don't have to sit here and analyze and criticize. We can critique. I thought they were a little bit sloppy, you know? But that happens. That happens. What we got next, though, is another game that I believe is winnable. Tomorrow night, which is Thursday, the Oilers play the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres are bad. They just are. And I know they've improved a little bit recently, but if you play like you did against Detroit, I don't think you're going to win the hockey game. If you play like you did against Washington and Tampa, all day you're winning that. All day you're winning that. And that's the frustration with the Oilers right now, is they're incredibly inconsistent. And to me, bums me out to see it. But, again, you take the points. You take the points. As I'm recording today, March 16th, Oilers are third place in the Pacific Division. They got 70 points. They are four behind the Los Angeles Kings, two games in hand. They are two points up on the Golden Knights. Again, two games in hand. We're in a good spot. But you got to keep winning these games. You got to keep rattling off them Ws. You got to keep rattling off them Ws. Ultimately, I believe they can. Tomorrow is a question mark for me, not just because I need the Oilers to have a better effort against Buffalo than they did against Detroit, but Mike Smith is starting tomorrow against Buffalo. 
That'll be his 16th start of the season. He's 5-8-1 with an 8-91 save percentage and a 3-5-7 goals against. I don't think we are at a stage in the season where we have time to let Schmitty get up and run. I was fully on board with re-signing the guy after the year he put up last year. This year has not gone well. This year has not gone well for Mike Smith, and I don't think I'm talking out of school when I say it. And I'm worried that we're wasting nights against potentially winnable, uh, against potentially beatable teams to try and get him going. So then what? Say he wins tomorrow. Is he back in against Colorado and you just throw him in against a murderer's row on Monday? I don't know. So I imagine you want Koskinen back in against New Jersey on Saturday. We've got a matinee coming up. Another winnable game, in my opinion. We need these points. We don't have time to waste getting Mike Smith up and running, but we do know he will be the starter tomorrow because Jason Greger wrote about it today over at nation.com. He was down at practice at the arena today. Smith was in the starter's net. So there you go. Again, to repeat the stats, 5-8-1 on the year, 8-91 save percentage, 3.57 goals against. Nobody's writing home about that. What you will write home again about maybe is Vander Kane. He keeps rolling. I heard that the Oilers are interested in re-signing Vander Kane, but a big part of it will come with the NHL revealing what's going on with his settlement or the investigation in San Jose. If he gets a chunk of money from San Jose, that could mean he is willing to resign for less here in Edmonton. If he does not get that money from the Sharks, he may chase the bag elsewhere. Again, we talked about that last week. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Love your opinions. Love your opinions. Back to Mike Smith. He's the opposite of Vander Kane. He is not having a good time right now. I think it's time just to shut that experiment down. We are running out of time. Game 60 last night against Detroit. Game 60. There's time, but there's not a lot of time. I've been saying it for weeks now, right? Of course. Other news with the Oilers today. Tyler Benson put on waivers. I'm hoping he clears. I've got time for this guy. I hope he goes down to the Condors. I hope he can get some offensive touch, get some more games in, because I think there's a player there. 29 games played with the Oilers this season. He has one goal, one assist. Nothing spectacular there, but he's finding his way. He's finding his way. And just before I started recording, the Oilers are interested in Kubali from Chicago. Ben Pope is a reporter out in Chicago. He's a beat guy, saying the Oilers are a front runner right now for Kubalik. If you remember, he kind of owned the Oilers in that play-in series in the bubble. Do you remember? If you shut it out, I'm not going to blame you because I also shut it out. I only relearned these things today as I was reading this rumor. Zach Lang has it up at OilersNation.com. Kubelik, in 61 games played, he has 11 goals, 10 assists. Now you're like, hmm, Bagnuck, that doesn't sound that all that impressive. 11 goals, 10 assists in 61 games? What's going on here? Well... If you remember, Kubelik had a 30-plus goals rookie season. That was only two years ago. Maybe this is one of those times when the Oilers can go look at a guy and buy low. <gasps> Could you imagine? What would happen if the Oilers, all of a sudden, are the ones buying low instead of selling low? That's the kind of sneakiness I like to see, people. That's the kind of sneakiness I like to see. But again, trade deadline's coming up on Monday. We've still got, we've got less than a week now, but we are running out of time. We'll see what happens there. Another thing I wanted to mention, and I know this, this is how I'm going to wrap up the news. 
I know this has nothing to do with the Oilers, but my boy David Quadrelli over at Canucks Army, he's the site editor over at CA. He is the editor-in-chief of the Nation Network. He asked Bruce Boudreaux a question today that just made me laugh. He sent me the clip, and I just I was so happy that he asked this. If you're not aware, on social media right now, specifically TikTok, there's an argument going on between people that asks, are there more wheels in the world? Like your car, it has four wheels, right? Or are there more doors in the in the world? So all of a sudden, I'm sizing up my life, right? In my house, I got plenty of doors. I drive a car. There's four wheels there. I also have a skateboard. There's four more wheels. Why do I have a skateboard? That's a question for another day. Yes, am I too old? But I like to cruise when I'm going to get Slurpees, man. Leave me alone. Now, are there more doors or more wheels? And the reason I ask, I bring this up right now because my boy Quads asked Bruce Boudreaux in his post-practice press conference today that exact question, and the answer just makes me laugh. So I wanted to play it for you guys. On the internet right now, if there's more wheels or doors in the world, what do you think? No, I don't have a clue. Uh, I counted the doors the last couple of weeks, and it seems to me that wheels are more. See, I'm also on Team Wheels. If you want to chime in on this, I'd love to know whether you're Team Wheels or Team Doors. At Nation HQ, the staff is split. Like my boy Nation Dan, he is adamantly in Team Doors. Me, I'm still thinking wheels, man. I'm still thinking wheels. But we, we will see. Just let me know what you think there. A little bit of shenanigans. Who doesn't have time for that? Lastly, just to wind down the news, I just want to say... Join us in Calgary. BacksideTours.com. Nation Vacation to Calgary is right on the front page. We are going to sell out. I promise you this is going to sell out. Do not wait. Get your tickets. Join us. Party with me. Party with me. We are going to have fun. And for that, we wrap up the Arcadia Brewing Co. News. Thank you for listening to the news I'm Bagnon Pulitzer winning journalist blogger extraordinaire lover of cheese wrapping up the news before we move on to the voicemails I've got a lot of voicemails today and also the thing I like about the voicemails this week you guys are getting spicy you're starting to get some beefs in the in there some beef within the voicemail well I've never I've never. But before we get to that, I asked a question today on Twitter. Last Sunday, myself and the missus, we went out and saw the new Batman, the Batman, with Robert Pattinson. It's his first foray as Bruce Wayne in Batman. So I asked on Twitter and I polled Nation HQ staff, who is, one, this was a two-part question, who is, A, the best Batman, two, the best Bruce Wayne. Of course, you know, they are the same person, but when it comes to a movie, they're not, are they? <laughs> so I just went and saw the Batman on the weekend on Sunday. I had a little Sunday fun day with Mrs. We went to the theater. First movie for me in a long time, by the way. I was very excited. I ate so much popcorn and candy. The best. The best. My thought was the movie was great. Robert Pattinson did a good job as Batman. 
I thought his Batman was excellent. I couldn't get it out of my head that he was like sad boy Bruce Wayne. He wasn't like the playboy billionaire type that I'm kind of used to. Christian Bale kind of had that locked in pretty well, in my opinion. So I asked HQ staff, and I asked you, loyal, beautiful, handsome, better late than never listeners, for your thoughts. So when it came to who is the best Batman, who is the best Bruce Wayne, I'm going to read your answers first, and then I'm going to dive into what the staff at Nation HQ thought. Rich says, best Batman was the first, Michael Keaton. Well, the first, that's debatable. No love for Adam West? We'll get there. Best Batman was the first, Michael Keaton. Best Bruce Wayne is a tough one. I would still go with Keaton. He was the first to show a dark side of him and not just the boy wonder. He gave the character true depth, similar to Heath Ledger doing the Joker. My friends at Arcadia, they say best Batman, Michael Keaton. Best Bruce Wayne is Daryl Cates. And then they say, oh, best Bruce Wayne. I take the answer. Little jokes there from my friends at Arcadia. Stephen Fiddler, he chimed in. He says, best Batman, Kevin Conroy. Who's Kevin Conroy? Was he in the cartoon? See, if he was in the cartoon from the 90s, if that was the guy's name, a few people said that. We'll get to that. Best Bruce Wayne, he says, Christian Bale. So best Batman, Kevin Conroy. Best Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale. And I am looking up, that was cartoon Batman. You can pick cartoon Batman. Brandon also picked Kevin Conroy as the best Batman. Best Bruce Wayne goes to Michael Keaton. Landon says, I am with Tyler Uremchuk. I have never seen a Batman. Well, sometimes sometimes you just don't care, right? Archaeologuy, Matt Henderson. He just says Christian Bale across the board. Good one. Christian Bale did a really good job as Batman. He really did. The Towel Bolt. He says Batman. The best Batman was from the animated series. So, again, that goes to, what was that guy's name? Kevin Conroy. Another vote for Kevin Conroy. He is a sneaky pick as the favorite here, is what I learned. Best Bruce Wayne, though, for the Towelboys, Christian Bale. Eric Johnson, actor. You know him from Vikings. He was in the Fifty Shades movie. He was in a TV show I personally loved called The Nick on HBO. He says best Batman, Michael Keaton. Best Bruce Wayne? I didn't see this one coming from my boy Eric Johnson. He says uh, George Clooney. George Clooney. I also pulled some of the Nation HQ staff and just staff from around the network. My boy Waz, he says Christian Bale for both, though he did admit he hasn't seen all the Batman. So Christian Bale, that's a good pick, though, if you haven't seen all of them. Matt Larkin, he is the new site editor and senior editor over at DailyFaceOff.com. Since he and I were talking today, I asked him. He just saw the Batman uh, last weekend. He says, best Batman, I'm tempted to say Pattinson, but I need to see the movie again. I think it's close between him and Bale. The best Bruce Wayne, however, is Christian Bale, hands down. That one's from Matt Larkin. My boy Coombsy says Adam West. A little bit of love for Adam West. Though Cam says, admittedly, he's not a Batman guy. Zach Lang, Nation Network News Director. He's got Christian Bale across the board. Amar Gill. You don't know who Amar is? He's the new general manager at Nation HQ. He's the new boss man. He says Ben Affleck and Christian Bale were the best Batman. Travis Dakin, my boy, also said Ben Affleck deserves some love as the best Batman, but the best Bruce Wayne he's giving to Michael Keaton. There you go. There's my random question for the week. I was thinking Batman. I want to know what your thoughts were. I'm just curious. If you've got an opinion on who the best Batman is, hit me up. We've always got time for this. Maybe we'll do Spider-Man next week. Maybe I'll have a different question entirely. I don't know. Either way. 
I want to know who's the best Batman. Hello, you. Oh, wow. Your ears look fantastic. You're listening to Better Late Than Never by Bad Milk. Yes. You're sexy as well. Oh, yes. With my random shenanigans out of the way, the news in the books, and my Batman chatter behind us, it's time for the Rig Hand Distillery voicemail. Check out RigHandDistillery.com. If you listen to the Beatcast, you know I'm going to tell you about the tour and tasting coupon you can print off right on the website. Go out to Nisku, check out the facility, see how they make the booze, maybe buy yourself something delicious. It's going to be a good time. I've done this tour. I've done the tastings. I've got a beautiful bottle of Double Double sitting right beside me. Rig Hand Distillery. I promise you that they want your business and you are going to give it to them. Once you've tried out their stuff, I promise you're going to like what they have to offer. I promise you. Check them out again. RigHandDistillery.com. Get the tour and tasting coupon. I beg of you. And if you do take that tour, let me know. I want to know how much you loved it. I guarantee you will. I promise. Okay? If you don't know the bit, man, I got a lot of voicemails this week. I got a lot of voicemails this week. If you don't know the bit, I haven't listened to any of these. I haven't listened to a single one. But if you say something dumb, I will just cut it out and post. I've learned how to do it. I've learned how to clip. I've learned it all. So with that, we are going to get to the voicemails. We are going to say hello. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, twenty-eight voicemails to get through. So let's get through them. Feedback too, by the way. You guys are starting to turn on each other in my DMs. And I like it. What I would say though, if you have a critique of another voicemail caller, I want to hear it in the voicemail. Don't tell me in the DMs. I want to hear it on here. If you're beefing beef sells records, this podcast is doing well. It's because of you guys. So I want to hear your feedback. But don't tell me in DMs. I want to listen to it. First message. Let's go. Hey, Bag Milk Presto again. Again, the last podcast of yours was amazing. I think you go a little too far with that guy sending you messages. Just my opinion. There we go. Already, Presto. <laughs> Presto shooting daggers already. Uh, he's, he's taking shots at Donkey Volley, I think. Though, Presto, I will say you're taking some heat for the long messages here. And I see three in a row that could be yours. But we will see as we get to them. Presto, your question, please. Some of them are funny. Too many in a row. Just my, just my opinion. Should we sign Kane? Hell yeah. Nothing long term. Sit him down and say every time you sign long term, you get yourself into trouble. You're playing with the best two players in the world. Look how well you're doing. One year at five million, two years, one at 4.1 and one at 4.8 or something. I'm sorry, but size wins. I would let Yamamoto go. Because Turris is going to be gone. Koskinen's going to be gone. Yes, we have to sign Jesse, but he's having an okay year, and now he's injured. Probably get him on a bridge deal for cheap. Um, the jersey, love it. I bet you half of the new fans don't even know the deep symbolism in that McFarland jersey. I have it tattooed on my calf. Bagnoke, I love listening to you say how you're an Oiler fan since forever. Me too, man. Since I was literally six years old, I have wow. lived it, ate it, breathed it. Been eaten down by fans and just the decade of darkness was so hard on Oilers fans. We deserve better. Holland, get your ass in gear and do something. Go Oilers. Tough one in Tampa. And also one more thing. I hate the ragging on Archibald. If the vaccine worked, why should it matter if he isn't? 
all the other mandates are ending. He was our best bottom six forward. Support Archie. Love Archie. I like Archibald as a player. I don't like that he's only available for half the games. Like I said off the jump, what happens if the Oilers play a team in the U.S.? Are you just eating up a roster spot for a guy who can't be there? I don't know. I don't know. I do like the opinions, though. I'm not pretending like I'm right. I'm just offering my take. That's it. Just like I want you guys to offer your take. Presto, obviously passionate about it. Number two. Hey, bag milk, Presto again. Sorry, I just need to <laughs> clarify a few of the points on Jarch there because it kind of ran out of time on me again. I fully 100% support his decision. If the vaccine truly worked like a vaccine is supposed to, the only person on the team that should feel worried would be Josh Archibald. In a world where you can choose what I'm, gender you are, I'm, you can choose... No, 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 we're not doing that, Preston. We're not getting political on this, man. I don't give a fuck what your takes are. Unless you're a scientist, unless you're a virologist, I don't want to hear from you on it. So we're going to move on. It's been a hard grinded work. You've had to listen to all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> Kick off those shoes. Relax back in the faint armchair and listen to better late than never. <laughs> the irony of going from Presto to Donkey Volley right there. Uh excellent. Now I just should I just should mention also that some of these voicemails got mixed up their order this week. So I don't know who sent what when. And we'll see how that plays out because I got another long one and I've got an idea who it's from. Sorry, bag milk. Last one from Presto today. <laughs> I had actually just got done listening to your podcast that I got on last time. And I didn't say that the Oilers played horrible against the Flames. I said it was just their PP and how horrible it was it and was. the nurse giveaway Terrible. that I think, you know, we were still in that game until that time. Yep. I also talked about that six foot seven defenseman that apparently was just on the radio with Bob Stoffer. He's 25 years old and signed a pro contract. He's plus 31. He fought two of the toughest guys in the AHL. If you're not going to give him a shot at 25 just to see what he can do after you sign him midseason to a contract, if not now, when? If you look at how long it took Ovi to win the cup, I believe it's 14 years, and I believe Stevie Y was 15 or 16 years. I know that the Oilers fans are stressed because I am. I don't want to see them give all of their first-round picks and stuff away unless they can get guys like you said, Chikrin. And I do think the Chikrin trade is a good idea. I think we should move Broberg and a pick for Chikrin, and I think we should move Yamamoto and maybe a prospect like, let's say, Samarukov to Seattle for Susie. That dramatically changes our defense. That'll dramatically help Koskinen. And then if a, if a goalie does pop up at the trade deadline, like let's say Dallas falls out and we can get Holpe, well, maybe we can do that too. Again, I hope I didn't offend anybody. I know I got a little fired up about Archibald. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of how he plays. Um, he's my kind of player. Um, again, Bag Milk, your show is awesome. Can't wait till the next podcast. Take it easy. Presto, I just want to say to you, I hope you didn't take me cutting you off as a slight. It's just that this isn't the show for that, right? I want to create a spot where we can talk about the Oilers and leave the rest of the shit to Twitter. Does that make sense? Good. Hey, Bag Milk. Presto again. Sorry, I said it was my last one, but I just got done listening <laughs> to Bob Stoffer. It's Friday afternoon. He said that uh, tempers kind of cooled off, and now the rumors are reheating up about Colorado picking up Flurry. And now all of a sudden, Kemp let me think about that before I continue on. So Kemper, he could be available. I think that's what Stoffer is getting at based on Presto here. So if 
Flurry goes to Colorado. They just signed Pavel Francoeurs. They just re-signed him, I should say. Kemper becomes available. Hmm, that's interesting. Continue, please, sir. Kemper wouldn't be worth a first-round pick to the Oilers. If this is what our experts are saying, what the hell? As if Kemper is not an upgrade from Mike Smith, he is a legit starting goalie in the NHL, which is exact. I would say at least this year. In 2021-22, most people are an upgrade on Mike Smith. Right? See what we need, but we're not going to give up one draft pick for him? Like, I listen to Oilers Nation, too. I'd really love for you to run this by the guys to see what they think. To me, it is absolute lunacy that you say Kemper isn't worth a first-round pick for this team to upgrade the goalie. What the hell? Again, they're talking about that six foot seven defender. And Mark Spector says all they're going to do is pick up like a Justin Braun and go into the playoffs because I like this team. Like, am I missing something here? Am I not watching what you're watching, Bag Milk? Am I not watching our defense struggle to get the puck out, struggle to be physical enough, struggle to stop a cycle when we have a six foot seven, 200 pound guy that was just on there says he's tough, but he doesn't get any games. He's 25. So when do you play him? When he's 35? I'm starting, I, I'm just really confused. I'd really like your hockey opinion on what I've said there. Kemper is a huge upgrade. What the hell are we saying we wouldn't give up a first for? I would right now. Thanks. I think the reason they wouldn't give up a first, I'm just speculating. Obviously, I have no idea. I'm not allowed to be on Oilers now. Um, I think the reason they wouldn't give up a first for Kemper, and this is just me speculating. I have no idea. But I think it's because he's in the last year of his contract. If there was maybe some kind of assurance that he would sign a new deal with the Oilers, maybe I think he would do it. That, again, I'm just guessing. I have no idea, right? So looking at it right now, according to Puckpedia.com, he's made four point, his cap hit is 4.5 million bucks. He's in the second year of a two year contract. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they don't want to give a first round pick for a straight rental, in which case I can understand that. Right? I don't know if you want to spend that bullet for a guy who is just going to leave in a month or two. Now, if there are other picks or other prospects that can get that deal done, hey, I'm with you, man. I am with you. I think Kemper, despite if he's not having a great year or Colorado doesn't seem into it, he's an upgrade. I completely agree with it. 100% agree with it. Should they trade a first? Not unless there was some kind of assurance. At least that's just my opinion. As for the goalie, you're talking about, or uh, the defenseman, I should say, you're talking about Vincent DeHarnay, I think. 48 games with the Condors. He has five goals, 17 assists, 22 points. Uh, he's been in the Oilers organization since 2019-20. I think they probably don't pull him up. One, two, three. Because he's just got two and a half years of pro experience. Yes, he's 25, but... Maybe they're just slow playing him. Maybe they're just slow playing him. He is a giant. I'm going to be the first to admit I haven't watched any Condors games, so I can't give you a take on how he plays. But what I would say is there's certainly a prospect of interest there, right? He becomes a, U, uh, a UFA, an unrestricted free agent, after the 2023-24 season. Maybe his time's come. Maybe he's just going to push his way onto the Oilers roster. I don't know. It's kind of like maybe I, it makes me think of Marcus Niemelainen, you know? Nobody expected him to be able to perform well with the Oilers when he came up, and then all of a sudden the kid hits like a truck, and a lot of people love him. Just secured a two-year contract extension. Maybe that's the same play for Vincent DeArnais, right? He's from Laval, Quebec. 
He was drafted in the seventh round of the 2016 NHL entry draft. 183rd overall, in case you're wondering. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just a slow play. I don't know. Again, I haven't watched any Condors games. Maybe I'll reach out to Ryan Holt, who does some work with the Condors. Maybe I'll ask him about that. Maybe I'll try and get that done. Because it's a good question, right? Vincent DeArnay, he's kind of popped out of nowhere. What do they have in him? Well, we need to find out at some point. Do you hear that? Yes. Once again. That's the sound of your ears <laughs> when you don't listen to Better Late Than Never by Bagged Milk. I like that donkey voice. I think you should listen to that in a goat. I like that Donkey Volley has now secured his own soundboard. I like it. Donkey Volley, there's people that don't like your voicemails, but I do. And really, ultimately, I'm the one that runs this podcast, so that's what counts. Next one. Is this you again? I think it probably is. Kick back your shoes. Listen. <laughs> to a bit of Hell is this rubbish? Right, anyway. Back to the voice. Have you heard this nonsense? This is unacceptable. <laughs> I don't know how anybody doesn't like what you're doing, pal. I love it. You! Yes, you! <laughs> Stop what you're doing and listen now. We're going back to the regular programming. It's better late than never. Oh, yes. <laughs> so stupid. I fucking love it. Don't stop, man. I don't care what people say. Actually, you know what? It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care what the people say. Please keep sending voicemails in. I will cut you out if I don't want to hear it. How's that? Hey, Bag Milk. Presto here again. Uh, the Mike Smith situation. Well, there is only one. No one's trading for him. Stick him in the minors and tell him outright he has a few games to get his game back, but if not, he's going to be staying down there until he retires. It, it's not a personal thing. It's a business thing, and his body just will not hold up. Sometimes a fact is a fact. Deadline prediction. All I keep hearing about is guys like Justin Braun, Susie. I can never remember the guy's name from the Rangers when they were going to try to make a package deal with uh, Gorgiev. We have a guy like that in the minors at 25 years old that should be a better option to bring up here for a few games just to see how he does. Because I don't think Holland's even going to try to make a trade. I think he's just going to throw a few draft picks at a guy like Justin Braun. Um, after the Tampa game, if he can't see there's something here, I don't know what he's watching. He should try to make a move for two really good defensemen, a.k.a. Susie and the guy from the Rangers, who I can never remember who it is. Best Batmans are definitely Adam West for the cheesiness, and that's who I grew up on, mm -hmm. and Christian Bale. That'd be a tie for me. Um, yeah, I'm an old fart. I really enjoyed the original Batman with the pow, zap. I did, too. Pretty funny. Love those. Grocery deals, no such thing anymore. When you're paying three fifty for a head of lettuce or whatever it is here in Regina, <laughs> no such thing as a deal. And again, for the cheese, the Balderson smoked cheddar. Ooh. There's a block that has 1883 or 1880 special edition or something like that on the label. It's absolutely amazing. Give it a shot. Again, it's at Costco. Cheers, go Oilers. Let's hope Holland can wake up and do something. Ciao. I don't know, Presto. I just, you know, it's the 16th today, March 16th. I just, as we move along, I just, I just don't think the Oilers are going to do anything. And maybe that's just me lowering my bar of expectations. And if we clear it, then I'll be pumped. Maybe that's just my brain telling me not to get excited about trade deadline because I've been getting excited about trade deadlines since I'm about 
18, 17, 16 years old, and I'm, I'm 36 now. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm with you, though. I think the Oilers need to do something. I just don't know that they will. And that hurts. That hurts me. Lesson number one in voiceovers. <laughs> Occasional series, New York. Uh-huh. Hey, come on. What the fuck? Come on. You, what, what, you, do, you wanna fuck my dog? You come into a delicate destiny? You wanna fuck my dog? What the fuck? You fuck, 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 fuck. What are you talking about? For reasons unknown. <laughs> that is disgraceful. Apologies <laughs> for language. Number one, in an occasional language, <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> ah, shit. Rig Hand Distillery voicemail continues on. Let's go. Once again, I hear myself listening to a load of jazz. <laughs> I have to say, what a load of old crap. So dumb. This whole podcast is dumb. Why do you guys like this podcast so much? When I talk about the numbers on this thing, this podcast is growing faster than any other one in the Nation Network. And that's not me pumping my tires. This is all to do with you guys. It's just, man, I love this podcast. And I love that you guys are starting to beef with each other in the voicemails. And I hope it continues. I really, really does. Beef sells records. I'm a big fan of hip-hop. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that. Hey, Bake Mel. Super Brad here. Last week, I had a guy asking about starting hockey as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the league I work, CCRHL, we have a lot of divisions. We're all the way down to Div 20, which is very beginner. Uh, but sometimes, if you can find a team that needs a goalie, that's willing to have a goalie that's uh, needing to learn, um, you could go that route. Uh, sometimes that's hard, though. So I have also heard of a thing called Discover Hockey, if you Google it up. Uh, they have ice times with coaches and drills, not just games. Uh, they're geared more to helping you learn. Uh, and then I think they kind of make teams out of the people who are in it and play some games as well. So, uh, tell that guy last week, search up, uh, either CCRHL, CCRHL, or Discover Hockey. And, uh, keep up the good work on this podcast. Love it. See you later. There you go, Surveyor Brett. Not only does he make the intro for this podcast, he is giving you some hot tips on how to get into hockey from a guy who's refing men's leagues. So, if you want, I'm going to say, well, let's pause here. Just pause. One second. Just rewind. Surveyor Brett's clip. Get yourself into hockey. I don't remember who asked that question last week, but I think that's a great question, and thank you to Surveyor Brett for jumping in and answering the question. The Rick Hand Distillery voicemail rolling on. Let's see what we got next. Hey, Bag Milk Presto again. So I just got done sending you the messages and the questions that you asked and feeling pretty good about the Oilers. Go and pick up my Tim Hortons coffee. And boom, the Ducks land Manson for a 2023 second round pick and a prospect. Yeah. What in the blue fuck is Ken Holland doing? How can they go and get that prospect who everyone's been raving about for next to nothing? And we have sat here and done zero. I have to listen to how we're not going to do anything. Maybe pick up this fourth line guy and maybe pick up this. 
what kind of message does it send Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, who are killing themselves trying to drag this team into the playoffs, when Ken Holland sits on his stupid fucking hands and brags about his career and daydreams about Detroit and does nothing to help this team? This trade makes me want to puke. That is a player whose father is on our bench who, if that's the, what the asking price was, why the fuck didn't we get him? And Ken Holland is going to sit around and do nothing to the last minute and get nothing. I have to keep hearing how too much for Susie and too much for this guy. At what point does it really become win now and the Oilers make a damn move? Scott, it's hard to be an Oilers fan sometimes. My boy Presto fired up again. And so here's Presto. I'm going to make you feel old, though. I got to do it, man. I got to make you feel old. Josh Manson is actually a 30-year-old man. So he is well beyond being a prospect at this point. Now, he just got traded to Colorado, as Presto said, from the Ducks to the Avalanche for Drew Hellison and a second-round pick. Drew Hellison, I'm going to pull up some stats on here, he has yet to play an NHL game. He is still a... He's still a... He is still a prospect. Josh Manson, however, he's an established guy. But to Presto's point, I too saw that trade and went, God, man, please... What are we doing? Some of the media guys suggested that maybe Manson wouldn't have waived his his no trade or he had some kind of something like that. I haven't looked at it. I'm just, again, I listen to these voicemails on the fly, so I'm just doing this off the top of my head. That he wouldn't have gone to Edmonton. But his dad's here, so I don't know. Is that true? I have no idea. But he... Played already his first game with Colorado. He's throwing his body around, doing everything that people wanted him to. Josh Manson would have been a very nice pickup. What I didn't realize about Josh Manson, given the career he's had so far, did you know he was a six-round pick? I didn't know that. I did not know that at all. So, Josh Manson, you carved out a career for yourself as a late-round pick, my friend. I would have loved to have you on the Oilers. I'm with, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Presto on that one. I, I really am. I thought that would have been a great pickup. I really would have loved him. In fact, the day he got traded, I said I would have loved Josh Manson on Real Life that day. Way she goes sometimes, my friend. As for getting upset about the Oilers not doing anything, I'm with you. I am with you. And it's it's really, really getting hard to figure out why this keeps happening. <laughs> right? Right? I don't know. We'll see, Presto. We've got a handful of days left until the trade deadline. I'm not expecting much. Again, maybe that's just my expectations being lower to ground level because I'm an Oilers fan my whole life. We'll see, right? We'll see. Hey, Bag Milk. I was just looking at an article posted by The Athletic, and they were talking about teams that could possibly... In- How dare you promote another publication on my podcast? Just kidding. Just kidding. The Athletic's are good stuff. Go ahead. Be interested in P.K. Subban. Um, I don't know because I don't watch any of the New Jersey games, but, uh, it kind of came up as a decent idea to try and get a swap where we send, uh, Tyson Berry and a couple of other people to make the money work over for PK. Um, do you think that this would be a decent idea for the Oilers since his, uh, contract at the end of the year expires and this would conceivably free up $9 million in cap space. One, because you don't have to re-sign him. Two, it would dump off Tyson Berries and other contracts that are in our team right now off to a team that's kind of seems like they're not uh, getting over the hump 
as well as they proposed if the Oilers could make it work, they could also try and achieve the goal of getting Mackenzie Blackwood off of the Devils. And it could be a very good situation for us if Ken Holland, bearing that he could do things a normal GM could do, fleece another team for uh, a player that's got a shitty deal for now, but would get his cap space this summer, and for a goalie that's shown flashes of promise in the league that could potentially uh, cover up a spot for next year on the team. What are your thoughts? So you've come to the master for guidance. I think that... I understand the logic, but where I get hesitant is that P.K. Subban isn't the P.K. Subban we remember, right? In 57 games played with the Devils this year, he has three goals, 15 assists for 18 points. Now, if you can clear off Barry and bring in Subban just for the end of the year, now we're starting to talk. Mackenzie Blackwood, I wrote about him at OilersNation.com last week. Frank Saravalli says he's not really sure if Mackenzie Blackwood's actually going to move. He was kind of a goalie of the future for the Devils, but over the last couple of seasons, it's kind of tapered off a little bit. So maybe he does. Now, to your exact trade proposal, maybe that is something the Oilers can consider because if Tyson Berry is ultimately not in the points, if you listen to Tyler Uramchuk on any podcast or anytime he's got a microphone in front of his face, Tyson Berry should be part of the plans, according to Tyler. If that's the case, if that's actually what the organization believes, and I was talking to a media member today that thinks that Barry will get traded in the offseason this year, then maybe you do do that. If that gives you an opportunity to give Mackenzie Blackwood a second chance, a career revival in a different market, I don't necessarily know that it's best served within a hockey market like Edmonton. Maybe you do do that. It's not the most offensive trade that I've thought of. I've heard, I should say. I didn't think of it. It's not the most offensive one that I've heard. P.K. Subban, I used to love him. I used to love, love, love the way he played. Now, Father Time is just a rude motherfucker sometimes. He's 32 years old, uh, will be turning 33 in May, playing for a new contract. Maybe he can help you. Those players, at least in my opinion, Barry Subban, similar in terms of what they produce offensively, what they do. Subban's got the big hammer on the point, both right-handed. Maybe it works. You get the goalie, you take a flyer on the goalie. I don't know, man. Now we're getting interesting, though. Now we're getting to a spot where we've got some ideas coming in. We're putting our heads together. We're trying to solve some issues. I like it. Hey, Big Mouth. Are you and the Weathers Nation boys going to be doing a deadline day podcast? Um, I don't know what day it falls on during the week, but I am assuming it's not going to be Friday. Um, and the live coverage would be kind of rad um, from your guys' perspective anyways. Um, yeah. So we, well, here's the thing. So the deadline is Monday, March 21st. So we will have a real life podcast coming up on Monday. We will also be at Nation HQ all day pumping out content for the deadline. I'll have the live blog up on the website as I always do. So I'll keep you guys updated. If you're working, if you got a job where you can't check, uh, you can't just watch TV all day like I can. I will have the live blog up for you, so it's going to have all of the updates. Also, dailyfaceoff.com is going to have their own deadline show that you can stream from anywhere. That's going to be running live on their Twitter, their Facebook, and YouTube. We're going to have a link up at OilersNation.com that just screams the show through it. As for a podcast, let's say if the Oilers are busy, if they do something crazy, if they do something bananas, then yeah, we'll do a podcast. 
I don't know which podcast it will be, whether it'll be a real life, because we're scheduled to do one on Monday anyway. That's also a game day, right? So the Oilers play Colorado that night. Maybe we do an emergency episode of Oilers Nation Radio, or maybe I just hustle home and knock out an emergency episode of Better Late Than Never. Will we do a podcast? Yes. Will I be a part of it? Yes. Which podcast will that be? Well, I don't know that yet. We will have stuff for you. Lots of content coming from Oilers Nation. We will have you covered on trade deadline day. No matter what the Oilers do or do not do, we will have you covered. I promise. My Mike Smith solution is out back behind the barn. My deadline day prediction is the Oilers <laughs> grab bottom six forward and a depth D-man. Cashew cheese is the only cheese for me, and I'm the best bad man. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I like. I like. There's nothing not to like about that message. I don't know who you were. <laughs> There's no name on it, but I like it. As a quintessentially British Edmonton oil star <laughs> who sat up till three in the morning in <laughs> 2006, uh-huh. which we won't talk about. No, it didn't happen. This is the current Edmonton Oilers power player. <laughs> Last night it did score against Detroit. It did also score against Tampa. We're starting to heat up a little bit, but just not where we need it to be. How much do the Oilers miss Nuge? How much do they miss Nuge? Because I'm starting to think that Ryan Nuge and Hopkins could be the straw that stirs the drink on the power play, and I don't want to hear anything otherwise. Why are you bullying me? Right? Next voicemail. We are moving through. I've still got a lot of these to get through, so let's get to it. Hello, Bagged Milk. This is Officer Seymour Butts from the Edmonton Correctional Facility. <laughs> Inmate Tyler Uremjak has oh. been arrested for oh, flooding no. a basement. Yes, he, he has did. requested to speak to you. Will you accept the 93-cent charge to speak to Tyler Uremjak? Uh, no, I will not accept the 93-cent charge. I'm sorry, Tyler. You've got to stop flooding basements. This is tough love, but it is what you need, in my opinion. Hello, Big Milk. Mike here. I would like to challenge you to a game of Skate. Loser buys the winner their favorite red wine. Meet me at the Castle Down Skate Park at dark. See you then. I used to skateboard. I even just said earlier in the podcast I still have one. So there was a time in my life, I would say probably... Fuck, man, I'm getting old. I'd say probably 20 years ago, when I was about 16 years old, I would have absolutely taken you on on this challenge. I was one of those dudes that I was doing rails. I was, I was all in stairs. I had all kinds of tricks in the bag. This was 20 years ago. And there was a bottle of red wine on the line. You know I would have taken it. Hey, bag milk. It's Andal Alberta here. Hey, man. Grocery deal. Whenever there's two bags of chips for like seven bucks, mm-hmm. especially if it's Doritos, you gotta buy them both. Go Oilers, go. Here's the thing. I will also buy the two bags of Doritos for seven bucks, but if we want to talk about a legit, legit grocery deal, the President's Choice brand chips that are like a dollar a bag, those are your best bet for chips that are cheap. I love chips. They are my kryptonite. I can't even have them in my house or I will polish off a family-sized bag in a single setting. Those President's Choice bags, they're like a dollar, something like that. Those are your best bet. Go 
get the, and not so, not only that, you get the PC points, get the cheap bags of chips, you get the PC points, which you then convert for free chips and cheese. Come on, now we're talking. These are the voicemails I want. Grocery deals, I love it. Egg milk. Do you think? And this sounds potentially like a stupid idea, but do you think that Josh Archibald or Sam Gagne straight up would be a good idea? Archie goes to an American team. He doesn't have to worry about the vaccinations and stuff like that. Kenny Holland has a great relationship with the Wings. And we get to bring back probably one of the most beloved Oilers that I've seen and heard of in the past, you know, probably about 10 years. Um, I don't know what kind of season Gagne is having. I haven't looked at the stats. I haven't looked at the money. I don't know if it would work. But just perspective from a fan point of view, do you think that Archie for Gagne straight up is worth looking at? I love Sam Gagne. Even when he scored last night, I wasn't mad about it. I was happy for Sam. Any day he gets to extend his NHL career, I will support him. I've got to interview him a couple of times. I interviewed him on the Real Life Podcast. I've interviewed him on the Weather's Nation Radio. Dude is as legit nice guy as it comes. Now, in 60 games played, he has 7 goals, 16 assists for 23 points with the Red Wings this year. Would I make that trade? Here's the thing is, in my heart, I make that trade. But how much is Sam Gagne actually playing if you trade for him here? Right? The Oilers are so tight against the cap that I don't know that the money spent on Gagne would be best served doing that just because I don't know that he's going to play all the time. That said, he only makes $850,000, so you would actually save some money on, on Josh Archibald. He could be an emotional leader. Maybe you give him a spot in management, or you let him play. I don't know. Man, this is a hard one. Would I do it? Mm, you're putting me on the spot, and I need to come up with the take, so I'm going to say yes. Sam Gagne, I love you. And anytime we can get you back here in Edmonton, I'm always going to cheer for you, man. And if you disagree with that trade, well, hit me up. I'll play your, I'll play your feedback as well. Hi, Bag Milk. I was wondering what you think about the, uh, them bringing back the McFarland and like what type of color scheme do you think they go with? Like, do you think they, um, they reverse the white on the jersey with the navy blue, or do you think that like some orange or something? Also, I miss the the oil rig that comes down. Uh, number one, I also miss the oil rig. That was the best. I was also at uh, Rexall Place, I should say, when that cable snapped and it started to swing. Remember that? If you're old enough, you remember. So, oil rig. Glad to see it's at Ford Hall. Just not the same. Uh, what was the other part of the question? I don't even remember that. One sec. Hi, Bag Milk. Mm -hmm. I was wondering what you think about the... Oh, the jerseys. So I talked about that on last week's show. I loved the McFarland jerseys. Uh, like an earlier messenger, Presto, I think it was, said there's some history there. So there's the five cogs. That's for the five cups. There's a whole lot there. That's There's some deep messages in that. So I loved it. I, I said it last week. I am happy they're bringing that back. I like a different flavor. I love the Oilers logo, their standard logo. I think it's perfect. There is no better logo in sports than me, uh, for me, I should say. But if you're talking about selling jerseys, come up with something different. 
And I'm glad they didn't just do Edmonton across the chest. As for the colors, I'd like to see them do the the royal blue and orange. I'd like to see them do the reverse retros, the orange and white. I think that looks sharp. I'd also think it would look sharp to have some kind of existing combination of those original colors that they were back 20 years ago with a little bit of orange mixed in there. That might look nice. I think so. What do you guys think? What color should that jersey be? Hi, Big Milk. So I was wondering, like with the Oilers and how they're playing right now, which it seems like they've been playing really resilient. They won against Tampa Bay, which is like, Huge. A great team, you yeah. know. Defending even champs. though they uh like to pay less taxes. Um <laughs> we beat the Capitals also. It seems like we have a really resilient mindset. Uh-huh. And my question really is I too like to pay less taxes if that's an option. Anyway, go ahead. Do you get O six vibes off how they've been playing lately? And what do you think they get at the deadline? Uh, 06 vibes. That's, that's just tough because if you remember, the Oilers didn't make the playoffs until the second last game of the year or something like that. I don't remember now. It was a long time ago, but 06 vibes. I just don't, who's the Chris Pronger on the team? That guy, if you don't remember, he was an absolute vacuum for Pucks for the Oilers on the blue line. He was absolutely devastating to the opposing cycle to trying to score off the rush. So no, I don't get 2006 vibes. What I do get is that this is a team that could go beyond what happened in 2016-17, provided that they can get some stability between the pipes and that they can all lock it in on the defensive side of the puck. There's no Chris Pronger here. Yes, you have Duncan Keith. He's a Hall of Famer, but we're not talking about Duncan Keith in 2013. We're talking about a guy who's at the tail end of his career. And ultimately, I think that is the difference. There's just no guy like that that can just eat up everything and swallow up chances the way Pronger did. So they can make some noise. They're playing well. Woodcroft has them playing very strong at 5-on-5. Five five. They need their special teams to to bounce back, both the power play and the PK. They need some additions at the deadline. What do I think they do? I think it's going to be quiet. I'm talking about a depth score, maybe, a depth defenseman, maybe. I don't think a goalie's coming. We need a lot of help to get anywhere close to the Stanley Cup Finals. And that pains me to say, but that's just my honest answer. Hi, Bag Milk. Hello. So, as someone who also grew up with Trailer Park Boys, are we going to see any... um sound bites from Trailer Park Boys on the podcast and if so, can we start sending them somewhere? Uh, you can send me any sound uh, soundboard clips you want. If you want me to add stuff to the soundboard, send it to me. Email me bagmilk at oilersnation.com. You can send me any MP3 file you want and if I like it, I'll add to the soundboard, no problem. Uh, I actually didn't grow up as a Trailer Park Boys guy. I did grow up as a Jonathan Torrance guy, which is the tie in there. Street Sense, Jonavision. I loved it all. I loved it all. I like the Trailer Park Boys, but I wouldn't say I grew up on it. However, it is fun now that I get to work with the Trailer Park Boys indirectly through our friends at PointsBet. That's pretty cool, right? But the point here is if you have a soundbite, a clip, or even a suggestion, just email me. Bagmilk at OilersNation.com. Bagmilk at OilersNation.com. You're listening to Best Lincoln Ever. Ooh, funky. Nice. Hey, 
Yo hice un slogan. I don't know how any of you guys don't like that guy. He's the best. He's got some cha-cha music going on. I like it. I was shaking my hips. I like it a lot. Hey, Bag Milk. Presto here again. I sent you a message on Insta because you're kind of like the calm guiding light that I use because you're so calm when you go through the Oilers stuff, whereas I'm a little bit fiery. How are Oilers fans supposed to sit here and listen to the BS that we got Keith because of all the shit that he won over a decade ago? And then I listen to Oilers now and I have to hear Oilers insiders, Oilers supporters talk about how Tyson Berry isn't worth anything. There's more to this message, but if you're, I'm very calm, Presto, because I've ultimately at the end of the day, I can't control any of this. All I can do is control this podcast. I control what I put out there. I can control my love for the Oilers, which is never-ending. But it also drives me crazy. So don't take my calmness in terms of the Oilers as me not caring or getting mad about it. If you're mad, chances are I'm mad. I'm not a journalist. I'm not media. I'm just a fan. And if they lose, it fucking pisses me off. And when they make bad trades, it pisses me off. So let's get to the rest of Tyson Berry was the number one point getter in the league last year. To trade him in a draft pick for Carson Soucy is a good, fair deal. Manson is considered a top four D, and they got an A prospect and a second round pick. Well, this is a third round defenseman, and Barry is an elite power play quarterback. Listen, here's the thing that I like actually about that trade proposal to Seattle. Before we continue, Presto, is the reality too is Tyson Barry is still a name, and for a team like Seattle that's trying to gain traction, their inaugural season did not go anywhere close to what Vegas has did, right? They're a trash fire. Having a name to sell tickets? Hey, think about the business side of this, man. How do you get asses in the seats? Names, names, names. That helps. Tyson Berry's a name. I could see it. Do you like it or not? The Oilers have got to get that done, and if Holland can't get it done, he should be fired. Then they have to send either Cassian <laughs> or Fogel to someone like Arizona that will take on their cap hit for a draft pick. I know it will suck if it's Fogel because we traded Bear for him. Whoops, I cut that off early. I don't think. Um, hey, I don't think no, Presto here again. It has got. I don't think Bourne Fogel's going anywhere. Scored last night against Detroit. It was a goal he desperately needed. He has been snake bitten like I've never seen before. I don't think he's going anywhere. Cassian, on the other hand, I think he will go somewhere, especially if he doesn't do anything down the stretch here. A change in this offseason. He's already missed on the two goalies. And again, I don't know how a normal other fan can keep listening to how Duncan Keith is worth so much because of what he did, but everybody we have, like Tyson Berry and those guys, are garbage. Would love to hear it on the uh, Oilers Nation, have you guys discuss it and see what you guys think. I totally think that is a fair trade for Carson Soucy, and I think it's a good trade for the Oilers. Peace out. Big two points. Carson Soucy, Tyler talked about him on Oilers Nation Radio a whole lot. I think that's a name that the Oilers should target, to be honest. Same with, like I said, Chitrin. I know he's hurt right now. He's banged up, but still, it's the same thing. The Oilers need upgrades on the defense. Duncan Keith is not the Duncan Keith that won Stanley Cups in Chicago. He's just not the same guy, and that's not a slight against him. It's just, God dang, man. Father Time is a ruthless motherfucker. You know? I'm 36. I hurt my back getting out of bed. Is that fair? No, it's not. But did it happen? Yes, it did. Am I out of shape? Yes. Do I deserve to have my back hurt just for waking up? Out of a sleep? Out of my slumber? No, I don't. Presto, I agree with you, man. There's upgrades available, or spots for upgrades available all through this lineup. And the fact that they're not getting it done, it's frustrating. 
I've referenced Chris Gear's article at DailyFaceOff.com a bunch of times. He was the AGM in Vancouver for a while. He says if you want to get creative, you need to get third-party teams in here to take some of this cap space. You mentioned Arizona. There's one. They've got cap space, right? How do you make it work? I don't know. The last voicemail for this week's podcast. Does Yammer Yager regret every single day that he took that time off? In the middle of his career for the NHL. That is a... Honestly, I didn't see that question coming. Uh, but I will say, now that I'm thinking about it, let's look at it. So, Yarmer Yager, I just pulled up his stats here. 2008-09 to 2010-2011, he played in the KHL. Three seasons mixed in there. Plus, there were some lockouts in there. Does he regret it? Probably not. I mean, my guy's still playing, and he's 50 years old, right? He played for Clado Knights in the Czech League. I'm pretty sure he owns that team, or partial ownership of that team. Um, does he regret it? I doubt he regrets it. I don't think Yarmor Yager is a guy who regrets shit, I'm being honest. He tried to come back with the Flames in 2017-18. Didn't work. Now he's over in the Czech League. He's still playing. He's still having a good time, man. So... If you're talking about the all-time points list and all-time goals list, maybe. In the KHL over those three years, he got 146 points over those three seasons. Those could have been NHL points instead of KHL points. That would have put him over and above where he was at now. I assume that question came in because Ovi is now in sole possession of third place on the goal-scoring list. I don't know. I don't know. Seeing as he was one of the best players of all time, still has a going greatest mullet of all time, great hand, all that, I'm just happy Armour Yager's still playing. That's all I care about. That's really all I care about. I love the question, though. That's just out of left field. That's what the voicemail's all about. And for that, we're going to wrap up the rig hand distillery voicemail. Where's my button? Where's my button? Oh, here it is. RickHandDistillery.com. Go check them out. Print off the tour and tasting coupon. Go get yourself something to drink. Get yourself hydrated. Check out how they make the boost. It's cool. If you don't like learning, well, maybe this tour isn't for you. But if you do like learning and you do like a cocktail like I do, I encourage you to check out RickHandDistillery.com. Print off that tour and tasting coupon. Get yourself something to drink. Good? A lot of voicemails coming in. A lot of different takes on different items. I like it. I like it. But since we are running long, this is already turning into an hour and 15, an hour and 10 minute podcast, whatever it is by the time I cut some shit out. I just want to say thanks. This is another great episode of Better Late Than Ever. It doesn't work without you. Please keep sending your voicemails. Please keep, please keep sending your tweets. I'd like to see some more reviews though. So if you're listening to the podcast on Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever, Spotify, leave reviews. Leave reviews. I've got a service now. It tracks all that shit. It brings it into my email on a weekly basis. So if you've got reviews for me, hit me up. Let me know what I'm doing. This week, too, I'm going to ask you, if you've made it this far, hit me up with feedback on how it sounds. So what I did this week behind the scenes is I actually cut the segments into chunks. The annoying part for me is that I've had to re-record a bunch of voicemails over the last couple of weeks, and I can't figure out why, so I just split them into chunks and segments. So I'm going to put it all together in like a collage, a mosaic of awesomeness. We're going to see if that works better. So hit me up with the feedback. Does it sound better? Sound the same? Sound worse? Sound better? 
uh, let me know. Until then, I want to thank our friends at Arcadia Brewing Co. Check them out at ArcadiaYegg.com, Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter, and Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. If you want to advertise on this podcast, hit me up, BagMilkAtOilersNation.com. I've got space for you. I've got space for you. But until then, I've got Arcadia, title sponsor, handsome, friendly, whistling, this whistling pig. Can you hear that? That's the can. I'm almost empty. So I'm going to go refresh. Red Can Distillery, I'm looking at my bottle of Double Double right now. I'm not making coffee. It's too late in the day. But if I was making coffee, that's going in there. Maybe I'll have ice cream later. That's going to go on top of it. Good? Good. There you have it. Oiler, uh, I was going to call it Oilers Nation Radio. It is not. That will be on Friday. Better Late Than Never, episode 12. Thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you. Please download. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please tell your coworkers. Please keep leaving voicemails. I will get to all of them. Thank you for being here. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.